this podcast of K-Church. This week's message coming from Carter Church of the Nazarene in Nampa, Idaho. I'm Pastor Wink. And I'm Pastor Sarah. This week's podcast is the continuation of a series based on the book of Psalms found in the Old Testament. Dr. Les Moore, the interim pastor of Carter Church, is focusing on the 23rd chapter of Psalms, often referred to as the Shepherd's Psalm. That's right. As a kid growing up, this passage was one of the very first Bible passages that I was taught to memorize. Before we begin the message, we just wanted to take a moment to welcome you to our online church community. Most often, you'll hear us refer to our online community as K Church. The two of us want you to know that you are loved and cared for, and that we as pastors are available to offer you pastoral care. That is an extension of Carter Church. Pastor Sarah and I are here for you. Following this teaching from Pastor Moore, we will provide you with a little more information about K-Church and how you can connect with us and with this community online. So let's get started with Dr. Moore's series on the Book of Psalms. So let me give you W.C. Fields, one of my favorite phrases of W.C. Fields. Now there's a theologian for you, right? W.C. Fields said, smile once in the morning and get it over with. So just do it. Hey, did I tell you about the, the, tell you about the guy that uh, was, he was wanting to sleep in in the morning. He didn't want to get out of bed. And uh, his mom knocked on the door and said, hey, honey, you need to get out of bed. And he goes, well, I don't want to get out of bed. Leave me alone. You got to get out of bed. He said, well, give me five more minutes. She said, okay, five more minutes. That's all you get. Five more minutes. She comes back. She says, you're not out of bed yet. He said, give me three reasons why I got to get out of bed. She said, well, honey, it's Sunday morning. Church is about to start. It's 930 and 30. You're the pastor. Now get out of bed. <laughs> it's good to be with you this morning. Had a great first service and enjoyed our time with the people. And uh, I trust the Lord is going to meet us today. I didn't come here, by the way, uh, out of uh, ritual. I didn't come here today uh, just because I wanted to. I came because I needed something to happen in my life and heart. I need some encouragement. Is that you? I need some faith. Is that you? And I, I trust today, as we share the Word of God, that you'll receive a word of faith in your heart and that you'll touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. If you'll reach out to him and touch the hem of his garment, he will do something in your life. And he'll surprise you as he always does. Jesus is always full of surprises. He will speak into your life and do something that you didn't expect. Uh, he might give you a double dose of joy today. Uh, his spirit might come in and just talk to you about some things in your life that aren't quite right. Uh, he'll come alongside you. He'll encourage you and comfort you. That's what Jesus does. Now, I, I got a question for you this morning um, after we read the, the Word of God. But I want us to read together corporately. Um, and, and, and we're reading the 23rd Psalm together. And I want to do it. Do we got it in the King James or we got it in a different version, guys? What do we got it in? We got it in the King James. Good, good. First service, we didn't have it in the King James. And if you've ever memorized Scripture one way and then you read it in another one, you wind up reverting. Do you not? 
I almost chuckled because two or three times I was saying the yeas and the theys and the thous when it was saying something else. So we're going to take the word of God now and understand this. The word of God is powerful. It's stronger than any double-edged sword. You know what a double-edged sword is, don't you? A double-edged sword cuts two ways. And that's what God's word does. It cuts two ways because you see, this is God's inspired word. It's unlike any other word. It's not man's word. It's God's word spoken to the hearts of men and women. And he has said to his creation, he said, I want you to tell the people this. This is his word. And so he wants to speak into your life today. Forget there's a crowd today here. And just think of it this way, that you're here all alone with God. And he wants to speak to you. That's what he will do this morning. Trust me, he is faithful to his word. Now, you don't have to. If you can't, it's all right. But And I know we've been standing a bunch. But because it is God's word, we're going to be reading on the scripture, on the, on the wall. I'm going to ask to honor God's word. We're going to lift his word up because here's what we're doing this morning. As we speak the word of God, we're going to be speaking God's word to him. Lord, this is your word. And God, we're going to be proclaiming your word back to you that we trust you. This is your word to us today. And we believe you, Lord, today. We want to give you your word back. Amen. Amen. So if you will stand with me, I'm going to come down here and join you. And let's read it together. And let's read it loud. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in the green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. The high rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Now, Lord, I pray over the church. I pray over the congregation. And I ask God today that you would speak into our lives. Speak into our lives personally. Holy Spirit of God, speak into our lives corporately. Feed us a great dose of faith. Lord Jesus, do something significant in my heart today that when I go out of here, I will know that I've been touched by the God of creation. Now, Lord, hide the messenger behind the cross. We care to see no one but Jesus. No man but the God-man, Christ, our Savior, who died on the cross that we might have life and have it abundantly. And we pray these things in faith believing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Now, have you ever noticed that we live in a very particular place? Nampa, Idaho is located smack dab about in the middle of what we call the Treasure Valley. And it's a wonderful place to live. Linda and I used to live uh, in Idaho Falls for about 13 years or so. 
You know, the, the mighty Snake River, it originates up there in, in that western area, West Yellowstone. It, it comes down the mountain. It, it uh, crashes down to our area. Um, and in its wake, it brings like a bunch of rivers with it. In fact, in our area alone, there's five different rivers. They kind of join, these tributaries join the, the Snake River. Um, there's the Payette and the Boise and the, the Malheur and the Willamette. No, no, let's see, the Willamette's in Oregon, yeah. Uh, there's the Burnt River. All these rivers, they, they can join into the Snake River in our own Treasure Valley. We live in a marvelous area. No wonder why they call it the Treasure Valley, so rich in, in, in resources and in beauty. It, it follows down through the Hell's Canyon. It's not through yet. It crashes down to the Columbia River. And then it, it moves out into the, the Pacific Ocean. This wonderful, great river. And we get to benefit all the wonderful resources of this Snake River and what we call the Treasure Valley. We live in a valley. To the north of us is a ginormous range, part of the Rocky Mountains. Uh, we, we, some of you are skiers. How many of you are skiers? Huh? You go up to Bogus Basin. You, you climb up to that two top range. What is it? 10,000 feet high. It's part of it. Part of its crown jewel is the, uh, what, what is the, what are those real craggy mountains? The Sawtooth. It's amazing. To the north of us, that mountain. Bordered to our south is what's called the Awahis. My wife always says, you don't say that right. I do my best. You know, it's taken from the name Hawaii. So my wife is not satisfied the way that I say, well, Hawaii. But there it is, the Wahis. Thousands of feet tall. Two mountains, the Boise and the Awahis. And what lies between? A valley. The, the Treasure Valley. You know, in, in real estate, it just dawns on me, in real estate, uh, <clears throat> there's a very well-known phrase. Almost everybody knows it. Uh, in fact, I'll start it and, and uh, you finish it. Location. Location. Yeah, location, location, location. Have you ever noticed the location of the 23rd Psalm? Yeah, I know. It's between the 22nd and 24th. <laughs> Every crowd needs a wise guy, right? Yes, it's between the 24th and the 22nd. But if you move closer, you're going to find that the 23rd Psalm is also between two mountains. Mount Calvary and Mount Zion. Now, I've encouraged you to bring your Bibles because I read through the Bible with you and and uh, every day, every Sunday I'm with you. I will speak into the, from the Word of God 
Um, by the way, in case you don't know, my name is Les Moore. I'm the interim pastor. The church is in transition here, and and the board is meeting with our district superintendent, and we're we're we're, we're looking for the great days ahead uh, with a new pastoral team coming. And until they come, I'm going to be I'm the guy who's trying to help you think through the Word of God. But every Sunday we will use the Bible. So now take your Bibles, and if you got your you know your uh, electronic Bible, that's fine. Open it up on your uh, Bible app or whatever you got. Go to YouTube and, and go to the 22nd Psalm. And, and notice it begins with familiar words. The 22nd Psalm. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Recognize those words? Sure you do, of course. Those are the words of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These are the very words of Jesus on the cross on a mountain. It's a psalm of Mount Calvary, one of the best known of all mountains in the world. And the more you read the 22nd Psalm, the more you realize that the, this psalm is all about Jesus. Did you know Jesus is in the Old Testament? I believe is in every page. You cut the pages anywhere and they will bleed the blood of Christ. And here in the 22nd Psalm, it's about the very Son of God on the cross. And on this mountain, um, there's a battle going on. Now you follow me. In verse 7 and 8, all those who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him. Verse 11. There is no one to help. Verse 16. His hands and his feet were pierced. Think of this thousands of years before Christ was born. Verse 17. He fulfills more prophecy. He was stripped and made a gazing stalk. Verse 18. They divide my garments among them and they cast lots for my clothing. This, this is a, a powerful picture. A prophecy, if you will, given thousands of years before Christ was born. Foretelling his passion, his suffering, his crucifixion, his death on the cross of Calvary for your sins and and mine. This is a sacred mountain. Can you see it? Can you see? Can you see the battle going on here? There's a battle. God is waging war on sin. He is helping in destroying the power of sin on his creation. A battle. You know, um, we sing songs about this mountain. I was raised in the church from the time I was a little kid. My, my God, my, my dad came to, to Jesus as a drinking, smoking, army, military man. Served in the war. He wanted nothing to do with Jesus. Until my mom got involved in the church and... He said, don't talk to me about God. Don't talk to me about Jesus. 
And when he came home from the war, God got a hold of his heart. By the time my brother John and I were born, he was a godly man. He was following Jesus. Jesus had done something in his life. And so he raised us in the church. And it seems to me like whenever I read scripture, I think of some of the songs we sang when I was a kid. And a lot of the songs we sang when I was a kid remind me of scripture. And, and a bunch of them are about this mountain, this mountain. So what about years I spent in vanity and pride? Caring not my Lord was crucified. <laughs> Knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Oh, and I love the words, the course. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Yeah, we sing songs about this mountain in chapter 22. How about this one? At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart rolled away. Remember that one? How about this one? Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Those are the, those are the words of the songs that Seth led us in this morning, by the way. Just a different version. I'm just saying a lot of the songs we sing in the church are about this mountain in chapter 22. Now, you know, something very interesting about this psalm. It's, it's uh, among a group of psalms that are called lament psalms. Lament psalms. A, a lament is a crying out in pain, in sorrow, in misery. My God, my God, why? That's a lament psalm. All the lament psalms begin that way, with a crying out. But a very interesting thing about the lament psalms, you know how they all end? They all end in praise, glory, thanksgiving, faith, adoration. Something happens in the middle of this psalm. There's a change of heart. There's a change of faith. Look at verse 19. There's hope in the air. But you, O Lord, be not afar, far off. Oh, my strength, come quickly to my help. Verse 20, deliver my life. Verse 21, rescue me. And then verse 24. He's not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. God has not hidden his face from him, but he has listened to his cry for help. From you, O Lord, comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Verse 26, the poor will eat and be satisfied. Verse 27, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. Verse 30, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. Who do you think that is? Woohoo! You can look to somebody and say, that's us. We're the future generations. Jesus on the cross is seeing the effectiveness of his death. 
they will proclaim, verse 31, his righteousness to a people yet unborn. Who do you think that is? Yoo-hoo! Come on now. That's you. That's me. We were not born. And Jesus from the cross, he sees us. And then he says those beautiful words, for he has done it. Or some translations have it translated as, it is finished. Remember those words on the cross? It is finished. I'm telling you, this is a mighty mountain. And you might have thought the battle was over. Because Jesus died on a cross and he was dead for three days. But there's another mountain. It's a mountain of a different sort. Chapter 24. Look at it. Here's a psalm about Mount Zion. By the way, remember Mount Zion in the songs as a kid? Psalm 48, tis Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. This is about God's holy mountain. This is Jerusalem. By the way, keep your eyes on Jerusalem. Something's going on. You say, how do you know that? Well, let me tell you something. You and I have a beginning and end. God has none of that. A thousand days is like a day to him. A day is like a thousand years. You know what happened just a minute ago? In 1948, Jerusalem, the holy city, became a nation. You know what happened just a few weeks ago? Maybe a minute or two? Jerusalem became the capital of Israel. I'm telling you, we live in prophetic times. You keep your eyes on Jerusalem. Now, I can't sit there, but I want you to see this. This is a mountain of a different sort. The battle now is over. There's no battle going on here. There is victory won. Jesus has overcome death and hell. He's the victor. We sing, oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Where did the victory come from? He overcame death and hell. For you, for me, for today, the unborn at that time. Now, historically, just think of this historically. As David is writing this psalm somewhere in the desert. Now he's returned to Jerusalem in chapter 24. He's in the palace, back in the palace. Um, he's, he's around the house of God now. Remember Absalom and his son, who had been chasing him to kill him, is now dead. Found hanging in a tree, run through by the men. And it's a different day now for David. He mourns for his son's death. But he celebrates the greatness of God. That's chapter 24. He doesn't live in fear any longer. He's not running from Saul and he's not running from Absalom, his son. He's, it's a new day and his heart now is full of praises. I mean, I mean, just take a minute with me and look at chapter 24. It starts out with the, the earth is the Lord's. That's a praise. Everything in it is the Lord's. He founded it. He's reaching into Genesis 1, 1. In the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He founded it upon the seas. He established it upon the waters. And now he speaks of the holy hill. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may ascend or stand in this holy place? The answer is he who has clean hands and a pure heart. 
And then verse 7. Oh, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? Oh, he's the Lord, strong and mighty. He is the Lord, mighty in battle. So lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? Oh, he's the Lord, strong and mighty. He is the almighty God. He is the king of glory. Open your gates that the king of glory may come in. Wow. By the way, you know, uh, Handel's Messiah was written from this passage. Can you hear it? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And being kind of like a first tenor, I was trying to scream up there at the top with all those guys on my tiptoes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Wonderful. How many of you ever sing in the Handel's Messiah, huh? What a wonderful gift of God. That comes right out of this holy mountain, Psalm chapter 24. So here what we have, in short, is um, it's a tale of two mountains. You see it? It's Mount Calvary. But it's Mount Zion. Hallelujah for Mount Zion. And what lies between these two mountains, pray tell? A valley. A treasure valley. The valley, it's, it's, it's the living out part. It's, it's the daily grind, nine to five. It's where the rubber meets the road. It's where I live. It's, it's where life happens. Yea, though I walk through the valley. It's where life is experienced. The valley is. Someone said, you know, I think sometimes it's harder to live than it is to die. Have you ever noticed um, that life in the valley doesn't always work out the way you want it to? Huh? Come on. Yeah. Now that I think of it, I'm supposed to be retired. I woke up this morning and here I was sitting up here on the platform. I had to wake up real fast. It just seems to me that sometimes life doesn't turn out the way we think it will. But by the way, have I told you have I told you the story yet of the of the pastor who had two children um, who wanted a kitten? Did, have I told you that one yet? Oh, good, because I checked my notes and you've been listening. I haven't told you that one yet. <laughs> At least you're listening to the preacher preach, huh? Um, yeah, there was this there was this daddy. He had some kids and they wanted a kitten. He was also a pastor, so let's call him Pastor Daddy, okay? Pastor Daddy, just for the sake of a name. 
Pastor Daddy had these two children. They wanted a kitten. Now, the Daddy said, no, no, no cats in the house. I do not want a cat. Oh, please, Daddy. Please, Daddy. Please. How many know what I'm talking about? They wear you down. And finally, he says, okay, but you got to feed them. You got to clean the box. You take care of the cat. I want nothing to do with it. So they go down and they get a rescue kitty. They bring him home. Oh, he was the cutest little thing. He was all black except for three little white paws and a white star right on his chest. Oh, they learned to love that kitten. I mean, they played with that kitten day and night. Wherever they went, the cat went. They slept with the cat. They, the cat was always with them. And then one day they woke up and they couldn't find the cat. Nowhere could they find it. They searched the house over. They looked under all the couches, the chairs, the recliner where he used to hide. Uh, we used to have a cat like that, and I used to have to be really careful why they went back. You know what I'm talking about? They get up in there, and then you know what you got. <laughs> woo you, you know what I'm talking about. Squash cat. All right. They couldn't find the cat, so finally Dad said, well, Pastor Daddy said, well, let's go outside. Maybe he escaped the house. So they went out in front yard, and there he was. He was high in the, in the tree. And they go, yeah, get it, get it, get it. He, could, he, could, he was stuck. In, in two branches and he could not move and there were too many branches for them to get up there so pastor daddy said I, I'm a pastor I can do anything I'm a visionary I got an idea I'm going to get a rope I'm going to tie it onto the tree I'm going to tie the other end onto the car and we'll pull the limbs over huh you get it daddy you're a great pastor daddy you can do anything you're a visionary so he got a rope and he tied it as high as he could in the tree. He took the other end and he hided, tied it onto the bumper of the car. And he said, now get ready, kids. When, I get, when it gets down there, you just reach out and grab the cat. Uh, so, so he gets in the car. He steps on the accelerator. Slowly, slowly, the tree comes over. Slowly, slowly, the car is moving forward, inching forward, inching. The rope is getting tighter, tighter. And just when the cat got right down where the kids could grab it, the rope snapped. And the tree went flinging back up. And the kitty was catapulted over the roof. Now, those of you who are word people got catapulted, right? Okay. That's the end of the story. Two weeks later. <laughs> I know what's coming. I'm sorry. Two weeks later, the pastor, he's, he's knocking on doors in the neighborhood of his parishioners. And a woman opens the door and she says, oh, pastor, come on in, come on in. She had a little boy by the name of Johnny. He says, well, great, nice to see you. Just wanted to encourage you today. As soon as he stepped in the house, in walks Johnny down the hallway and he's got a cat in his hands that is black and three white paws and a little white star on his chest and the pastor daddy's gone that's my cat now he couldn't say anything he didn't want to be rude so he just you know being a sharp guy he goes why well, I, I see you got a brand new kitten how long have you had it she said oh pastor you would not believe it two weeks ago Johnny and I were out in the garden. We were working in the garden. And you know what, Pastor? He's wanted a cat for so long. And I said, no, Johnny, you could not have a cat. We're not having a cat. And finally, he, he just pestered me. I did the only thing I knew how to do. She said, Johnny, okay. 
If you want to cut that bad, we're going to kneel right now in the garden. And we're going to pray to the Lord Jesus. And if the Lord Jesus wants you to have a cat, pastor, you would not believe what happened. I'm just, I'm just saying. Sometimes life doesn't turn out the way we expect it to. Um, we face things in life in the valley. Uh, sometimes that are pretty tough, don't we? When we're between two mountains and living it out, sometimes it gets pretty hard. It's not always easy. It doesn't seem fair, does it? One of my best friends in the world today is dying of cancer. I've been broken hearted. I, I hopped in the car as soon as staff was over. They blessed me. I love your staff. They said, Pastor, get out of here. And I hopped in my car about 1230, beelined it to Eugene, got there too late to see him, got up early in the morning, had breakfast with he and his wife. His face is so disfigured. The tumor's coming out his nose. Need I say more? He's a man of faith. He loves God. He's always walked before the Lord. Trusted God. And he's been a dear friend to me. I came back home Tuesday night. Got home late. Been praying for him daily. It doesn't seem fair. It just doesn't seem fair, does it? So... Living in the valley is not for the faint of heart. How do we get it done? And then let me ask you a personal question. Um, what are you facing in your valley? Because we're all facing something. Nobody is exempt from life in the valley, are we? It, he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Loneliness? Maybe your valley is loneliness. Let me tell you something about loneliness. Uh, pastor after pastoring since 1969 in some form, I found that loneliness can be one of the hardest things to face this side of heaven. Maybe it's a fear of financial failure. Could be a terminal illness. A loss of a job, an uncertain future. I'm just saying, we all walk through the valley. Be good to remember this morning that we have a friend in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus is the good shepherd. For a reason. Jesus can do what no one else can do. He paid the price on the cross. With his own blood. And not only that. If I were to do that. It'd do you no good. But he was the son of God. He was the Messiah. God with us. And because of who he is. Who lived a sinless spotless life. His blood avails for me. 
His blood stands in my place. He took my place on the cross. And it's by his blood that I receive life and healing and salvation. The good shepherd of the sheep is with you. It would be good to remember this morning in the valley as we walk through whatever part of the valley we're going through. God is near. Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. In fact, my faith says that Jesus is a... God is a chaser of mankind. You cannot outrun God. You think you are ahead of him, but you're not. He is chasing you and will chase you to the pits of hell if he has to, to draw you to himself. That's his great love. He will stop at nothing to reach out to you and say, don't you see my love? In fact, he didn't stop at anything because Jesus, his son, gave everything he had just for you in the valley. We do not have a shepherd or a high priest, the scripture says, who is unable to sympathize or empathize with our suffering or with our sins, our weaknesses, our temptations. He understands it all. Been there, done there, got the the t-shirt. He knows where you are right now. So where are you? That's the question. I'll tell you this, you're not there alone. If you'll just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, you will find him. In fact, I love the way the scripture puts it. He will be found by you. Just take the first step this morning and say, God, this is what I'm facing. It's a toughie. You got a toughie going on? It's a toughie. Last week, we anointed people for healing. This morning, I'm going to ask people to stand who want prayer because they're going through the valley and they're facing a tough moment in life. It might be that you came forward for healing. You can stand too. But I want to pray for you as we close this morning. And then as I'm praying, Seth is going to come and we're going to celebrate as we go. The worship team is going to lead us as we praise the Lord. But first, I want to pray over the church. I want to pray over you in your lives. So in a moment, if you can, I'm going to ask those who would like special prayer to, just to stand where you are. And I'm going to ask God to do something in your life. I don't know what it is, but God does. In fact, he may know more what you need than what you think you know. You need. And then I'm going to pray in faith, believing that whatever it is you're asking God, He will accomplish in your life. It may not be exactly the way you want it to hand out, but it'll happen. Because God always answers our prayers. When we reach out and touch the hem of his garment, he will never fail us. So are you ready to pray? If you would like special prayer this morning, just stand where you are. This morning we had a ton of people stand. Just stand, yes, thank you. Yes, all across the congregation. Stand, yes, I want special prayer this morning. I'm going through the valley. I'm facing some things I'm not sure what to do with. I'm scared. Whatever it is, God knows. Now we'll pray. Anybody else? I don't want to rush this moment in our worship where you can reach out and touch us. If you're afraid, if your heart's pounding, maybe that's an indication you should stand. You're a little scared to trust. 
you're not a public person, just trust the Lord and stand. Reach out, touch the hem of his garment and let him touch you. Okay, I'm ready to pray. Lord God, I thank you today for who you are. There truly is none like you, Lord. You are the rock. You're the rock of our salvation. You're the rock of our hope. You're the foundation upon which we stand. So, Lord, we trust you because we know nothing is too hard for you. And, Lord, there's a host of people this morning standing in faith, believing that you are the answer to their problem. And we come to you, Lord, and I come on their behalf. And I ask God that you would touch them right now at the point of their greatest need. They're in the valley, Lord, between two mountains. Some cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. But Lord Jesus, you're the light. Reveal yourself to them in a brand new way today. And bring your hand of love and grace and mercy and power. Restoration. Faith and hope and beauty. May it be theirs in the name of Jesus. By the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. It shall be done. Now Lord, we give you praise today wonderful time in the house of the Lord. We love you, God. Thank you that as we come together as the church, you do meet with us in a special way. So we bless and honor your name. And all God's people said, church, would you stand as we sing in praise to the Lord? Wasn't that great? This is Pastor Wink, co-pastor of K Church, along with my wife, Pastor Sarah. There are many opportunities for you to gauge in Karcher online community. Every Sunday at 10.30 a.m., you can catch our regular Sunday worship service on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Karcher Church. If you want to learn more about Karcher Church or about our online K-Church, please check out our webpage with a super easy URL. Just type in karcher.church. You'll find out more about us as well as how you can contact each pastor or the church in general. That was a great podcast. And I hope that you will take the opportunities that God will provide you to share what we are doing with others. It's simple. Right now, K-Church is available on Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Just go to your favorite site and search for Karcher Church. I'd like to close this podcast with prayer. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunities that we have to worship you. Here we are in a podcast online probably talking with uh, somebody miles and miles and miles away. Yet your Holy Spirit reaches out. Your Holy Spirit extends to every single person. And I'm so grateful for that. Lord, I just pray that we accept what you have to offer, that you offer this incredible, incredible gift of grace. And Lord, I pray that if somebody is listening to this, and they have not yet right now said, I need that grace. Lord, put it upon their heart to ask and then to contact us so we can help. 
Thank you for this message. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen, Karcher. <laughs>